0: Overflow. I'm always smoking this dough. I got these bins on my own. we going back to my home. Back to my home. Back to my home. Okay, so how this is going to work is we're going to start off with the top 25 players in the country. Um, We're going to go from 25 to 1. Um, And if any team along the way has picked up more than one guy, so for instance, uh, a team like Texas, they picked up Mercy Miller and DJ Thomas. Um, What we're going to do in a case like that is we're actually just going to look at all of Texas' moves within the top 25, so any recruits that they picked up that were notable. And... uh, yeah, we're just going to do that um, for any team that has more than one guy. Um, for the teams who just have one, obviously, we're just going to break down uh, that player, the role in the team. Um, and we're going to do the same thing with with uh, the teams who have two players, but we're just going to all do it at once. So, at number 25, uh, Sabian Kane, he's still uncommitted at the time, so we're going to move on to 24, which is the aforementioned Mercy Miller. Mercy Miller has committed to Texas, and... Let's get the player profile up of Mercy Miller quickly. So, Mercy Miller is a point guard from Compton, California. He is 6'3", 181, and he is a lights-out three-point shooter. He's a ninety-seven he's got an 81 steal, so he's going to be a 3 and D guy um, who's also a really good distributor. He's got 81 dribbling and a 71 passing rating, so... You're looking at a guy who could realistically step in and contribute at the point guard position for Texas right away, um, but given the roster construction, I have a hard time seeing that actually happen. Um, Texas actually returns Ralph Ferrata, who's going to be entering a jun- his uh, junior season with the team, and uh, he was a seventy-two overall this past season, so you got to think he's going to be one of the starters on the team, and they also have a guy named Edward Fu, who. Didn't really get a lot of recognition last year, but uh, he was a high four-star. He made the first team all-freshman out in the Midwest Conference, and he was actually tied for the lead in the voting for that um, with a guy named LeBron James Jr. So he had an awesome year last year, eight points and almost six assists per game on a 25 PER. I have a hard time seeing Mercy Miller you know, over overstepping either of those guys in the starting lineup but i do think mercy miller's role on the texas longhorns next year will be a valuable bench contributor that's my best guess um they're team with a lot of guards already and uh with the addition of number 11 uh, dj thomas as well you know there's just not going to be enough room for mercy miller to really contribute much out of the gate so uh i think he's going to be one of those guys like harada um like uh, traymon mark maybe, uh, a couple of years back, who starts out on the bench, and by the time he's a sophomore or a junior, it is just really going to be probably one of the better point guards in the country. Um, but yeah, that's my outlook on Mercy Miller. So, uh, you guys probably uh, realize I mentioned DJ Thomas there, too, as another guard joining the Texas Longhorns. Um, he's from Henderson, Nevada, 6'2", 170. Uh, number 11 recruit in the nation. He is... Not as great stats-wise as Mercy Miller. Um, he doesn't really stand out in any particular aspect of his game. Um, physically, he is pretty good, though. He has a 76 speed and an 81 endurance. So he's a guy who can handle a lot of minutes out of the gate. Um, but offensively, he is pretty limited. Um, most of his shooting stats are between 60 and 70 right now. And uh, for a point guard, his dribbling and passing ratings are only in the 60s. So you're looking at a guy who's probably not gonna be a huge offensive contributor. Um, so I was just talking about Traymon Mark actually. Um, I would look for DJ Thomas to probably contribute somewhere along the lines of what Mark contributed during his time with Texas at least on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively he's not as great as Mark is but he has a 71 steal, 31 block. He's definitely gonna be adequate for the time being. Um, fortunately, like I mentioned, Texas is loaded on guards Ralph Arada, Edward Fu, Cameron Dodge, um, Mercy Miller now too, and of course DJ Thomas, so DJ Thomas is going to have a tough time cracking the starting rotation for this team, if I had to guess, um, I would say he's going to be their sixth man this coming year, but, uh, he's definitely going to be a valuable piece moving forward, I don't see him being a one-and-done guy, um, he's going to be a guy who comes back for at least a sophomore season, um, probably playing alongside Mercy Miller and maybe even Edward Fu, uh, one of the other point guards on that team. So, you know, this is a really good pickup for the future for Texas. Anytime you can get a guy, you know, who's almost a top-ten prospect in the country and, you know, secure him for a couple seasons, that's just, uh, you know, it's it's a move you make every single day of the week. So that's another awesome pickup there for uh, for Wolf. And it's a really, really nice piece moving forward for te- – for, uh, for the Texas Longhorns. So if we move up the recruiting ranks, we have 23 Dylan Warlick. He is still uncommitted at the time. Um, we should expect a commitment probably in the coming days, but that's going to be a tough one to decide. Um, I have not voted on Dylan Warlick yet, so I can't really comment on where I think he's going to go, but uh, he's definitely a, a guy who can really. Change the tides for, uh, for a couple programs. So moving up, we have number 22, Ty Virgil, and this is the first of a lot of California commits so far. Um, it's actually their only five-star they have committed at the moment, but they are, uh, they are in the mix for Jack Larson, too, who's number 15 in the country. Um, but for the time being, let's just focus on Ty Virgil. So Ty Virgil is a point guard, from San Diego, California, staying in his home state. He's a pretty small guy, actually. He's only 5'9", 160, but he's a really, really good point guard already. Um, He's going to be a guy who can step in and contribute right away for really any team in the country, despite a lower overall rating as a 5-star. He only has a 60 overall, 69 potential, so you should expect him to grow probably to at least the high 60s as a freshman. Um, And he's going to have really good... uh, stat numbers like shooting right now they range from 60 to 86 um, which is free throws to three pointers so he's definitely gonna be able to get it done there but he's a really good defender he's got 80 steals and he's going to be a pure point guard right out of the gate he's got an 80 dribble 80 pass Um, Ty Virgil is a guy who's going to step in and he's going to be able to distribute the ball to a California team that is probably going to have a lot of weapons Um, Howard Neff He's gonna have a really, really great target to play with there. David Jones is back for his senior season. Also, they got John Norton, John Harper. None of these guys, you know, are gonna step in his way. I don't think maybe David Jones might uh, might take some minutes away of the point guard position, but I really think they can coexist just because they're both really good shooters and they're pretty similar players actually. So I don't see that being a problem. Um, is gonna be really really good and I think ty Virgil might crack the rotation on this team uh not, not the rotation sorry the starting rotation it all depends how the rest of their commitments shake out more specifically Jack Larson but at the very least he's gonna be a really really good six man for this team I think anyway um, and I would probably project him to start for Cal's coming season um, he just has really good numbers and I think he's gonna I think he's gonna grow pretty well to be quite honest. so Yeah, with that being said, Cal's going to be really strong, and Virgil is going to be a contributor right out of the gate. Which brings us to number 21, Naz Baymon. Um, another uncommitted guy like Warlick and Kane. Uh, it's going to be a tricky decision where he chooses to go. He has a lot of good options out in the Midwest, so he's definitely going to be an impact player right out of the gate. But no use really going into... Too much detail there because, uh, you know, it doesn't really have a, a team yet, so he can't break down his role. So we're going to move on to number 20. Number 20 is going to the Yukon Huskies, and he goes by the name of Travis Upchurch. He's uh, Travis is a combo guard. He's going to be joining Ethan's, uh, Ethan's squad this coming year. Yukon's looking really, really nice this coming season and Travis Upchurch is going to be a perfect fit to slot into two-guard beside uh, Benito Montoya, the sophomore, rising sophomore uh, for the Huskies. So, what exactly does Travis Upchurch bring to the table? Well, he is a pretty solid all-around player, actually. He's uh, a pretty good shooter. He's got 79 two-pointers and a 73-point rating, Um, and he can handle a little bit of the point guard duties as well. He's got a 71 dribble, a 62 pass... You know, that's definitely adequate as a, as a combo card, as a freshman especially. Um, He has a 70 endurance and a 70 jump. He's got like high 60s and all his other physical categories. So he's going to be able to play a lot of minutes for UConn. Um, yeah, he's going to be a really solid contributor, I think. He probably won't be tasked with playing too many minutes at the point guard, uh, especially with Montoya there. But he's definitely capable. I see him being more of a scorer on this Connecticut team. Um, Simply due to the fact that they just lost George Milner. Who essentially played the same position as what Travis Upchurch is going to play for them this coming season. And they really, really need some scoring. Uh, I mean, they have George Baker, who's kind of a a microwave scorer. But I'm not sure how much of the load he can carry. Um, He's a high potential guy too. So... He could grow a bit. He averaged about 13 points per game last year, but uh, I don't think he's uh, he's going to be stealing Upchurch's minutes. I think they'll play together on the floor, um, and those three will form a pretty deadly backcourt for uh, for Ethan's Huskies. Um, so, yeah, Upchurch is going to be a really nice fit on this team. He's going to be able to score the basketball and do a little bit of everything. Um, I'm not sure if he'll be the best player next year. I mean, Douglas Brown is looking good. Uh, Baker, Montoya, they're all solid. But I think like he's right in that same category of players they are. So that'll be a really nice uh, kind of a four-man nucleus moving forward. Um, and I think UConn's really going to make some noise next season. Uh, in the Big North. The Big North is growing uh, pretty strong as a whole. And uh, I think UConn could probably crack the top 15 in the country next year. they got a really nice squad put together, and they're really young and they just got one of the best freshmen in the country. So that's definitely going to be a big help for them. So let's move on to the next recruit. Uh, we have Redick. Uh, Tommy Redick, I think. Uh, first name is passing me by right now. But uh, he's uncommitted, so skip by him. King Keery, uncommitted also. The next committed recruit is number 17, Durrell Brooks. He's actually going to be suiting up for the Oregon Ducks this year. So... Oregon is going from Dylan Brooks to Durrell Brooks. The name is certainly a good fit. So, let's tell you a little bit more about Durrell. He's a 6'7", guard forward, 188 pounds, from Detroit, Michigan. So, what is Oregon getting with Durrell Brooks? They're getting a pretty good score. Um, he's got an 82-point, uh, 3 64-point rating, but he's a really good finisher around the rim. He's got 86 inside rating and a 75 dunk and layup package. Um, other than that, he's really solid across the board. He's got, like, 50s, 60s, uh, 70s all throughout his skill packages, which is, uh, you know, block, steal, dribble, pass, rebound. So he's going to be a pretty decent scorer, a little bit of a do-everything guy, kind of a glue guy for this team, I would imagine. And if we take a look at Oregon's roster for next season, um, he's going to fit in really nicely with, uh, playing alongside Aiden Mahaney in the backcourt, um, it looks as though, you know, Oregon's going to be led by Mahaney and Trombley, uh as a big man and uh, the center duo. So, Daryl Brooks is going to slot in really, really nicely on the wing there. Um, he doesn't really have any competition, really, as far as, like, uh, any wings on that team. So, he should be playing a lot, I would think, but... Um, and he's going to give you a little bit of everything, like I said. Um, I would imagine Mahaney's going to lead that team, but Brooks is going to be a, a really good second and third option for the Ducks next year, who project to probably take a little bit of a step back. Um, they haven't uh, really hauled a lot of five-star talent as of late, so they're more focused on rebuilding within four stars. But uh, with that being said, Brooks is going to make a really nice impact for that team next year. And uh, looking forward to see what he brings to the table. So, moving up, we have number 16, Ray Grant from Georgia, but he is still uncommitted. His recruitment's actually still open, so no, he's talking about him. Jack Larson, a guy we mentioned could, uh, we're still in the running for a couple of these teams we already talked about, the like California, um, he is still, op- he's uh, still uncommitted also. So, moving on to number 14, Fred Hart, the big man from uh, Louisiana. Fred chose Clemson over UConn and uh, Oklahoma State. And he will be joining a very, very strong Clemson team next year. What exactly does Clemson return? Well, they return two of the best players in the country. Well, three for that matter. James Jack, Rodney Thomas, and Jarrell Meeks are really, really good. You know, you have a point guard wing and a big man trio right there. And... uh With Fred Hart in the mix, uh, down low with Jarrell Meeks banging down there, this is going to be a really scary team. Clemson won 25 games last year, and I I don't see a reason why they can't win that again this year. Um, Even in a really strong ACC, Clemson is just really going to be built. They're going to be deep. They're going to have a really balanced starting five. I I think they're going to cause a lot of problems next year, and uh, Fred Hart can definitely contribute to that. He's a really good inside player. He's got a 72 inside uh, rating. His dunks and layups are 70, so he's definitely going to be able to finish down low alongside Jarrell Meeks. But he can stretch the floor a little bit. He's got a 92-point rating and a 35 three-point rating. Um, So obviously the three-point rating isn't ideal, but the two-point rating indicates that he can step out and uh, knock down. Maybe an elbow jumper, a short corner jumper. um, Help provide a little bit of spacing for, uh, you know, Kickouts on drives from Jacques and Thomas on the wing. And he can play alongside Meeks, you know. It gives a little bit more spacing down there. Um, But that's not Fred Hart's main contributing uh, factor, I don't think, shooting those shots. But uh, he's going to operate mostly inside. And uh, defensively, he's pretty solid, too. He's got 52 block, 62 steal, and he's a really, really good physical player. All his physical categories are in the 70s, except for endurance, um, where he's actually below 50. He's got a 47 endurance rating, so I wouldn't expect Hart to be playing too much, but he probably won't have to. Uh, It's going to be a really balanced team, like I said. Um, I can't see Clemson really counting on him too much. I think he'll probably play a role similar to what Jarrell Meeks played last year, actually, which kind of has that fourth or fifth option, Um, and then he'll grow into a bigger role as he's a sophomore. Uh, maybe if he sticks around as a junior um, and gets that endurance rating up, he's just going to get better all around, and he's going to be a really dominant force for uh, a Clemson team that projects to be built really well moving forward. Um, it's going to be a team to look out for many years into the future as long as Staves is still coaching them. So moving on to Nigel James, who is the number 13 recruit in the country, uh, point guard. Out of uh, Brooklyn, New York, I believe. And he has committed to the Georgetown Hoyas. Who are under a new regime this year. All the Holloway. You might uh, recognize him from his Iowa days. He's coaching uh, the Hoyas this year. Looking to turn things around. And uh, with Nigel James running the point, uh, it's definitely a good start. Nigel James is a 6'1 uh, point guard. 165. His stats scream Kyrie, not Kyrie, Kemba Walker, sorry, Um, you know, he's a Brooklyn kid, he's a really good scorer, really good dribbler, Um, you know, I can see Nigel James really making a case for uh, freshman of the year next year at Georgetown, Um, one, because Georgetown really doesn't have a lot of other options on the team, Um, you know, Nigel James, I think, is clearly going to be the best player on that team, you know. Like, their next best returning players are 56 overall. And you got to think Nigel James is going to be, you know, around that 70 mark. So that's going to be a huge, huge gap in talent there. Um, and Nigel James is such an elite scorer that, you know, if he puts up something like 17, 18 points a game, maybe, you know, four and a half assists a game, something like that, on a, on a good PER, all of a sudden, like, he's thrust right into the freshman of the year candidacy. Um, and I think he'd have a good shot at it. Georgetown was 15-15 last year, and I think they probably could improve on that this year. Um, especially with a five-star guard talent talented as Nigel James uh, on the roster, looking ahead to 2025. So, that's about enough for Nigel James. Uh, move on to number 12. Uh, number 12 recruit in the country is J.P. Mobley Jr. And the Ohio kid is... Going to the team up north. He is joining the Michigan Wolverines this coming season. Uh, He's not the only five-star player joining the the Wolverines this year. Um, They also secured a commitment from Xavier Bowman, who's the number six uh, player in the country. He's another wing joining the Wolverines. Um, We'll talk about him in a second, but first um, we're actually going to focus on J.P. Mobley for a second. So... J.P. Mobley from Columbus, Ohio. He's a Buckeye. He's been a Buckeye all his life. Decides to go play for Michigan. So, Mobley's a guy who's going to bring a lot to the table. Um, He doesn't really have a notable weakness, just uh, based on his his stats. He's got a 100 jumping, which is uh, really what jumps out. No pun intended there. Um, Based on his physical attributes. Um... Other than that, his physical attributes are a bit low compared to shooting and skill attributes, but uh, still nothing to be worried about there. Um, shooting wise, he's got a seventy-three point, fifty-one two point, and his inside and dunks are in the sixties. So I mean, I don't think he's gonna be a huge scorer for the for uh, Michigan right away, but where his impact will certainly be felt right out of the gate is on the defensive end of the ball, uh, defensive side of the ball. Sorry, he's got a sixty-three block rating and a seventy-six steal. So he's definitely going to be able to uh, jump in right away, and uh, contribute for the Michigan Wolverines, who uh, just lost Jalen Terry and uh, Orlando Knowles and Dustin Hendry too, um, to the NBL and to the grad transfer market. So they have a lot of uh, there's a lot of playing time to be had on the wing and in the backcourt for this team, and uh, JP Mobley is certainly uh, in a position. Probably not to start as a freshman, but uh, at least to play some good rotation minutes, I would say. Um, Yeah, Michigan uh, really does not return much on the wings. So, uh, I mean, that does benefit Mobley. They really only have Kendrick Dozier, who's an impact guard that they're bringing back. But, I mean, I think they might go big in their lineup. Um, They have Joshua Hollingshead, Harold Dalton, George Jackson, and Greg Tunnell, who were all over 66 overall already. So I'm not sure if Mobley will crack the uh, starting rotation, but he definitely has a chance. If so, it'll be more of like a glue guy role as like the fourth or fifth uh, option on the offensive end. But somebody who certainly will be starting for Michigan next year on the wing and probably carrying... Quite a big load along uh, along with Kendrick Dozier, their point guard, is Xavier Bowman, the six five guard, forward from Flint, Michigan. He's two hundred twenty pounds, and he's a really good basketball player. Um, he's got really good offensive stats. He's gonna be a great scorer and a great replacement for those uh, those guys just mentioned, like the the Henrys and the Knowles, uh, playing on the wing. He's got an eighty and an eighty five inside and dunk uh, rating, respectively. And he's a decent shooter. He's got 60 free throw, 72-point rating, and a 55-3, which isn't ideal. But uh, it, it's good enough. He'll definitely get the job done. Um, Dribbling-wise, he's got a 60, 63 block, 50 rebounding. So he's going to be able to handle the rock a bit, do a little bit of everything. <sighs> yeah, sorry. Do a little bit of everything. Um, he's just going to be a really solid player. Um He's kind of like Mobley a little bit in that he doesn't really have a huge strength. I think he's going to be more of a glue guy for the team. Um, but I think he's going to score a bit more than Mobley does. I still think this is going to be a team that's led by a lot of their upperclassmen. But Bowman, I think, will far and away be the best freshman on the on Michigan's roster this season. So we'll, uh, we'll jump back a little bit. Um... Yeah, Mobley was the number 12 recruit in the country. Um, Number 11 was DJ Thomas. We talked about him. We went to Texas. Um, Number 10, Jerry Easter Jr. He's another Ohio kid whose recruitment is still open. He's uncommitted. Um, Number 9, Cohen Robatham. He's an unofficial Memphis commit. Um, Memphis was his only legitimate offer, um, but he's not officially committed there. So uh, I don't think we'll talk about him right now. Um, we'll just move on to uh, Hampton Evans, who's actually, oh, Hampton Evans committed to Texas too, I forgot all about that. Um, yeah, I guess we can talk about Hampton Evans' fit on uh, Texas right now too. Um, yeah, let me just haul Hampton Evans up right quick. Uh, okay, so Hampton Evans is a six seven wing from Supply, North Carolina, and uh, he's a pretty good all-around player. He should be a guy who can step in and contribute right away on the wing for a, a really guard-heavy Texas roster. Um, you know, I was saying they have like four point guards on the team, and they have Cameron Dodge, who's naturally a two-guard, but just based on all the point guards that they have on the team, um, I would think Dodge is going to play the three. And Hampton Evans I could really see starting at the four for this team if uh, if Coach Wolf wants to go small. Um, he's not the best rebounder, so that might not be an ideal situation. But he's a pretty good scorer, he's got an 82 point rating, Um, he's got a 70 dunk, uh, 60 inside, you know, he's a pretty good, his his passing is a 55, dribbling 55, 60 steal, he's just going to be able to do anything, anything that's really asked of him. He's got a really good endurance rating at 75 for a freshman, he's fast, he's got an 80 speed rating, Um, yeah I'm trying to think of who Hampton Evans reminds me of, um, for former Texas players, uh, there's a guy a couple years ago that Texas had. I'm trying to think of his name now. Kenneth Irvin. I th- I think uh, Hampton Evans is a pretty similar player to Kenneth Irvin. If you guys remember him, uh, he's a little bit worse of a shooter than Kenneth Irvin was. He was Kenneth Irvin ended up being a really really strong uh, offensive player. But I think just like the all around game that Irvin brought to the table, uh Hampton Evans uh is pretty reminiscent of uh of what Kenneth Irvin uh, brought to the table for the Texas Longhorns. Uh he actually ended up being a lottery pick during his time here. And I see Hampton Evans uh being the same thing really. He's I'd say he's a fringe one and done guy. Hampton Evans is. Um I don't know if he's going to have as big of an opportunity in Texas as he might somewhere else, but, uh, I think overall-wise, he'll just be one of those guys who's, like, right on the board or doesn't have the greatest stats, but is definitely going to be a lottery pick if he chooses to go, because he's got, you know, he's got pretty high overall, high potential. He's he's just going to be a good player at the next level, you can tell, so, uh. Texas is getting another good one there. That's a that's a third five-star. I didn't actually realize they had that already. But uh anyway, that's great for that's great for Wolf. So, let's move on to number 7. Number 7 is Travis Perry. The kid who was born to play for Kentucky commits to the Kentucky Wildcats. So, tell you a little bit more about Travis Perry. Travis Perry is a 6'9 forward, 210 pounds, from Whitesville, Kentucky. So he's not far at all from Lexington. Um, And he really valued location and loyalty when making his decision. So, I mean, if you want to stay close to home, play for one of the most loyal coaches in the league, um, Kentucky's just a given. And uh, that's where he ended up. You can expect Travis Perry uh, this season for Kentucky... To probably carry a big load. Um, Kentucky just lost uh, Brant and uh, John Hughes to the NBL, so there's a pretty big gap there um, on the wing and on the front and uh, in the front court. So with Travis Perry being a combo forward, he's going to slot in really nicely there. Um, you know, he's he's kind of a really a really versatile offensive player. He's got. Uh, Mostly 60s and 50s in the shooting ratings, which aren't awful. Um, he's got a 70 dunk package. Uh, he's got a 45 dribble, 50 pass, 65 rebounding. So, I mean, he's probably not going to score a whole lot, but I think he can really fill up the box score, especially for a team like Kentucky who really, really needs uh, Who needs some help offensively. Um, you know, they lost a lot. I think he'll be a really nice fit playing alongside Trevor Keels and Leopold Aquivard. Um, those three playing, the, you know, the two, three, four together, that's going to be a really tough combination for a lot of teams to stop, especially in the SEC. Um, I think they're going to be really special together. Um, yeah, Travis Perry's going to be a really nice player for Kentucky. I think he's going to be a one and done. Um, not sure, not quite sure if he has a rating that really screams it, but if he lives up to anywhere near his potential, um... I think he's going to have a really nice season, and he's going to be a lottery pick next year's NBL draft. So moving on, number six is Xavier Bowman. We talked about him. He's gone to Michigan. Number five, recruiting the nation, is Jonas Nichols. And Jonas Nichols is a big man, also from Ohio, um, same as Mobley and Easter. But he's from Akron. He's uh, He's 6'10". 250, and he is going to the Memphis Tigers this coming season. So I'm, I'm really excited to have Jonas on board. Um, if you guys want an indication of what Jonas Nichols is going to be, or at least what I, th- I think he can end up being, um, then check out Howard Ruiz, who's a, our center right now. Um, just based on the... the the skills that he has right now, Jonas, um, I think he's going to project uh, to be a Ruiz-esque player. By the time he's a sophomore or a junior, he just has a really, really versatile skill set. Um, he's got a 51-3. He's got 60 uh, in shooting, 86 insi- uh, eighty-six dunk, 66 inside. Uh, so, I mean, offensively, he projects to be a stretch five. I mean, he's got a 59 overall and an 82 potential right now. So there's definitely a lot of room for growth. And to have those ratings for a center already, um, I mean, it just screams that, you know, this guy's going to be a real nightmare, you know, as far as a matchup. Once he gets a little bit of development under his belt. Um, But offense, he's not just going to be an offensive player for this team. He's already got a 71 block. He's got a 96 rebound already. Um, You know, and for a team like, like us, who traditionally doesn't, rely too much on big men we, we usually play a lot of small ball um, it's really nice to have a guy like Nichols who's going to come off the bench for us and is going to be able to just snatch boards every time he's out there protect the rim um, it's going to be a huge help for us and I think this coming season sure he's going to come off the bench but moving forward I think he, he can be one of the better players in the league um, just based on the skill set um, just based on what I've seen from a guy like Howard Ruiz, like I was saying, um, there's no reason to think Nichols is going to be a great player for us moving forward, um, so I'm really excited to have him, have him join us this year, um, yeah, so while we're on the topic of Memphis, um, let's touch on, uh, the number three recruit in the country, Patrick Nagamba, who's another center, um, obviously committed to, uh, to Memphis like yesterday or the day before. Um, Patrick, on the other hand, is going to be able to contribute a lot right away. I think so, anyway. Um, He doesn't have as versatile a skill set as Jonas Nichols does, but he's got a really dominant one, especially for a freshman. He's got an 85 inside rating, 76 dunk. He's got a 65-2, 83 block, 82 rebounding. And he has good physical attributes as well. So, I think Patrick Ngongba is going to be a really good rim protector for us. Um, Going to be able to finish on the inside, clean up the glass. And I project him to start alongside Howard Ruiz in the front court for us. Uh, Usually we only start one center. That's kind of been our thing in Memphis. But as long as Nagongba progresses well, I don't see a reason to keep him on the bench. Um because he's got really good stats, and I think he's a really nice complimentary piece to, to uh, Ruiz, who's a stretch five, like I said. Uh, Nagongba's more of an interior guy, so I don't think it'll mess up spacing by having both of them out on the floor. Um, so yeah, I intend to start Nagongba. I think he's only going to be here for one year, so we have to really take full advantage of that. Um, he's definitely going to be a piece that we haven't had for a long time. Um, it's been... like the last really true center we've had on this team, I would say, is like Steven Amato, probably, which was maybe three years ago, kind of like that traditional big man. Um, ever since then, we haven't had a guy who can really block shots um, and just play that typical inside role that uh, you know big men are kind of associated with. So I'm really looking forward to having that, uh, that steady presence down there again this year. So... That's the two Memphis guys who've committed already. Uh, that's number three and number five. Number four is Kristen Jones. He's uncommitted, and uh, to be honest, he's probably going to be uncommitted for a while. I mean, it, it's going to take a while to sift through all those uh, offers that he has. He's gotten offers from like some of the best programs, some of the best coaches in the league, um, and he values almost nothing. So, like, if you're listening to this and you were somebody who recruited Kristen Jones... Um, First of all, congratulations, because you probably have like one of the best pitches this whole uh, this whole recruiting season. There's so many great pitches on Kristen Jones. Um, it's going to be such a tough decision. But uh, I'd also like to let you know that uh, don't get your hopes up in the next couple of days. Just relax. It's not coming tonight. It's probably not coming tomorrow. Maybe the day after. I have no idea. It's going to take a while to decide Kristen Jones. Um, that's all I'll say on that for now. Uh, Yeah, so moving up, uh, we have the number two recruit, Brooklyn Vick. He's arguably the best player in the nation. Um, He's a guard, combo guard, and he is headed to Duke. Duke was his only offer, um, and to be frank, it was the only offer that really made sense. Um, He wanted education, he wanted to stay close to home. You know, this is a... He had Duke written all over him. I think VCU might have had a shot. Um, if Alec was still around, but really this guy is, he's Duke through and through, and uh, in true Duke fashion, he is going to absolutely tear up the league next year, Um, just like guys like Adam Miller uh, have done in recent years, Anthony O'Neal, Brooklyn Vick is going to add to a long line. Of great Duke guards, um, and he's gonna fill in the spot uh, the void left by Aiden Holloway, a top five pick in the NBL draft last year, and uh, he's gonna provide a lot of scoring for this team. Brooklyn Vic had a really nice showing in, uh, I think it was the the, the, the team USA event uh, that was put on a little bit earlier. Um, he had a rough McDonald's All American game, but uh, you know that happens. Brooklyn Vic next year, there's no doubt in my mind. Uh, He's going to be a freshman of the year candidate. Um, he's going to score a lot, and I think that's going to be a big reason why he's a freshman of the year candidate. He's got an 83-point rating, got an 86-2, 75 uh, free throw, got an 80 dunk and layup. Um, I mean, that's just that's crazy right there. Um, that's pre-progression too. So I mean, he's going to be in the 90s in that, I would think, at the very least, and he's going to rake in the buckets for Duke next year. They're going to be a really good team, and I think he's probably going to be their best player. Uh, he's going to be sharing the floor, most likely with Raymond Moore, Barry Tate, Dante Stringer, kind of as their big three, um, but I think he and Tate, if I had to say, would be the uh, the two to watch out for. That's going to be a really, really dangerous duo on the wings, and... Uh, I don't know. I th- I think uh, I think Vic could realistically lead Storm to a, a final four this coming year. I think he's going to be a really really deadly player. Um I just hope I don't have to face him, man. He's, he Vic is going to be really good. I think he's going to be the best This is my my preseason prediction. I would say Vic is going to be the number 1 overall freshman uh in the class, probably number 1 pick in the draft. Uh He's just going to be really good. So uh looking forward to seeing uh how he performs for the Blue Devils next year. Um, And I guess that brings us to the end of our list. Um, We have the top recruit, uh, Mikel Tyne, who's an unofficial Memphis commit. Uh, Memphis was his only true uh, offer. So, he's going to commit to Memphis. It's just a matter of time. Um, So, I guess... uh, I mean, I guess we could talk about him and Robatham. Um, They are going to Memphis, both of them. Um, Even though it hasn't been announced yet. So... uh, Spend a minute on that. Um, about Mikel Tyne, he's just a really good all-around player. Um, he's a bit more balanced, I'd say, than Brooklyn Vic is. Vic's more like an offensive dynamo, uh, whereas Tyne is kind of more of an all-around guy. He's a bit better defender. Um, maybe a little more versatile. Um, and I think he's going to slot in really well as like that star role on our team. Um, he's going to be our starting two-guard. Um... Might not be our leading scorer, but I think he's going to be one of them. He's he's probably going to be our best player next year. Um, you know, obviously a one and done. He's going to be awesome. I mean, I feel like you guys have heard enough about Tyne and how good he is. Um, that there's no real need to go too much in-depth on him. So instead, I'll uh, transition over to Cohen Robatham. Who's a, a small forward from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, Cohen is a really good shooter. Um so I'm really looking forward to having him on the team next year. Uh, Memphis has always been a team. Uh, we've always liked to recruit guys who can shoot, um, kind of score a lot. We like to play like that, push that up-tempo offense uh, in pitches, and uh, the numbers kind of back that up. But uh, he's going to be a really nice piece. I don't think he's going to be a one-and-done, even though he's a top-ten recruit. Um, I think he's probably going to come off the bench for us. I, I would guess he's going to be our sixth man this coming season. Um but he's going to be a real good one at that. I think he's going to be a kind of a microwave scorer off the bench, or at least he has potential to be. He, he can. Uh, I think he can win some games by himself. He actually reminds me a lot of a guy I have on my roster right now, Mario Campbell, who's a fifth-year senior. Um, pretty much exclusively a three-point shooter. Um, obviously, he's made some strides in other areas as uh, his career be- uh, went on, but uh, just a really, really good scorer who can... Uh, you know, just take over a game and win it for you if you need to. Um, and I think that's kind of the role Robatham's going to have, maybe even as early as next season. Um, he's just going to be a really good scorer, good shooter, space the floor, um, and really help carry our bench unit. So, with that being said, that's it for our, uh, for our top uh, top 25 recap for today. Um like to thank you guys for joining me um i might uh I might do like a part two of this uh kind of going over all the guys who haven't committed yet uh after recruiting's done after they have committed um because there's a lot of really interesting pieces there um and I think there's enough guys to run through that you know it might be worth doing a podcast about um so yeah i'll I'll keep you guys posted on that. Um, perhaps if there's a part two, I might go over some of the other, uh, maybe some of the four stars, um, maybe if there's a request for a certain one, maybe that was really competitive or you want to see, the, uh, you know, what kind of role you, I, I think they might play on the team. Um, I'd be happy to do that. So, uh, yeah, I'll be in, uh, I'll be in contact with you guys, letting you guys know what's up, if there's going to be another show coming. Um, but for the time being, I'd like to thank you for joining me today. Um. It's a lot of fun uh, just kind of going through and, uh, you know, giving you guys a little bit of a, a scouting report on some of these guys. I know Cam had, uh, had kind of done something similar to this before. Um, but uh, I kind of want to do this because these guys actually have teams now. Um, so it's a little easier to kind of pinpoint where they actually might contribute as early as next year. Uh, it's a little tough to do that without uh, any idea of where they're playing. So uh, that was kind of the rationale behind this podcast, just to give you guys a preview of what these recruits are actually going to be able to do next year um, and kind of what their strong points are. So I guess that's it. Thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, I guess I'll see you guys later. Uh, I guess this, that's it. Uh, Dr. J signing off. Take it easy. I'm Larry.